You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Well, good morning, North Valley. Good to be with you, and Happy New Year. Isn't it hard to believe that 2017 is here? Um, I mean, I think about back even just 20 years ago, thinking about 2017. That just seemed so far down the road, Um, and yet it's here. Um, And I don't know what 2016 held for you. Uh, My guess is there were some great joys and things to rejoice about. There were probably things that brought sorrow and even pain into your life. And in the midst of those things, uh, we're still called to rejoice, even when things have been painful, even things when things have been um, challenging to us. And I, I know I've walked through seasons of pain in my own life, and I can be thankful because in those seasons of pain and in those seasons of deep challenge and trial, I got to see God as a God of comfort. And I would never have come to see God as a God of comfort if I didn't have that season of pain. And I don't know about you, but that's something I do want to experience. Uh, and, I, I, and so we can learn to rejoice even in the most painful circumstances that we walk through. I, I think it'd be appropriate for us, just take a moment and let's thank the Lord for 2016 and what was accomplished in our lives, what God has been doing, but also thank God for what he's going to do in 2017. Would you join me? God, we thank you so much for your incredible grace, your goodness, that you're a God that walks with us. You never forsake us. And Lord, that you can work even in the most challenging and trying circumstances in our life to make it into something good if we allow it. Uh, Lord, I I pray that uh, as we reflect over the past year, there would be much that we could be thankful for, even in those challenging things. And Lord, we thank you for 2017. Uh, I believe it's going to be a great year. We don't even know all that's going to be wrapped up in that, all the things that we're going to face. But Lord, the fact that you are there and you walk with us is enough. Uh, Guide our time today as we prepare our hearts for the journey that you have us on. In your wonderful name, amen. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to get started. So go ahead and open up your your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. And then I want to begin by just asking a few questions, and I need you to play along. So if this happens to be true about you, just would you raise your hand? You can't lie in church. That's just not allowed. So play along with me. I, I was just curious, as you looked over... 2016 and all the events that happened in your life in 2016, how many of you wish at some point during 2016, you go, man, I wish I just had more time, right? Yeah, my guess is most of us. You're probably going, man, that was yesterday. You know, I I just wish I had more time. How many of you would say, you know, I wish I just had less stress or I was less burdened when it came to relationships or even finances? Yeah, most of us, myself included. Uh, How many of you would you just weren't so overscheduled or overwhelmed with life. See, we, we all have these things that we look back on, we faced, and we go, man, I just I wish it was a little bit different. But the, the things that I just mentioned are actually, those aren't really the problems. Those are the symptoms of something bigger that's going on in our lives. Today, I, I want to talk as we begin this new year about what would it look like if we were able to truly simplify our lives? What does that mean? What, what, is that even something that practically can happen? I believe it can. And, and we're going to take a look at a passage that I think helps us begin to strip away the distractions 
the things that have a way of creeping into our lives and actually distracting us or causing us to focus on things that really don't matter and they actually get in the way of what God is wanting to do in our lives and what he ultimately wants to do through our lives. It is so easy to get disconnected from reality. We do it all every single day in ways that we don't even realize at times that we're doing because we lose sight of why we may be doing something. Uh, For instance, just a couple weeks ago, I was driving to the gym and it happened to be that time of the day and where my gym is located, it's a very small parking lot. There's several restaurants, there's a a doctor's office, there's a lawyer's office right there. And so it's a busy area and I was coming in probably one of the most busiest times of the day to to work out and I'm driving in and, and lo and behold, there is a parking space. I see it right in front of the gym. I'm like, man, God is good, right? You know, have you ever had that, that moment? I must be praying right right now. And, uh, and so I'm driving forward, and all of a sudden this lady rips around the corner, and she looks right at me and then dives into that parking spot. I'm like, well, she must have needed it more than I did. So I drive around. I eventually find a spot, and I walk in the gym, and guess who I see in the gym? That lady! She, she was so focused and had to get that parking spot just a few steps closer to that door so that she could walk on her treadmill for an hour, right? It's so easy for us to get disconnected from why we may be doing something in the first place. And we don't even realize it, what we're doing. There are bigger consequences when that happens in our life and the way that we walk with Jesus. And my hope is that today we'll begin to unravel. We'll begin to throw away some of those things that get in the way, that distract us from who he is and what he's wanting to do in our lives, where he wants to take us, the journey that he has us on. And today, as we take a look at this passage in Luke chapter 10, I I do believe that if we can get and understand what is going on here and, and realign our own lives, that there's some amazing things that God has in store for you this coming year. Things that are beyond your imagination, things that you haven't even thought of asking for. God is ready to unlock in your lives when you love him and you walk obediently following him. Let's take a look at this in Luke chapter 10. We're going to begin in verse 38. Verse 38. Go and follow along with me. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered into a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha, underline this, was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pause there. Are you who you want to be? I mean, are there things that, when you think about yourself, where you're at in life, what you've accomplished in your life. You say, man, I'm absolutely who I want to be. My guess is probably not. I mean, that's why most of us set 
New Year resolutions. Maybe we write them down, maybe we don't, but we have something in mind like, man, I just kind of like to change that this coming year. Because there's, there's always something. Maybe it's a habit we want to get rid of. Maybe it's a discipline we want to engage. You know, sometimes I look at the mirror and I go, man, I wish I didn't have so much gray hair. It, it can be all kinds of things that we look at and we just hope to change. The true change that I think we really long for come when we begin to understand what this passage really means and what it's all about. And we have an encounter just like the one we just read. Do you get the scene of what's going on here? Martha connects with Jesus and she's like, Jesus, why don't you come over to our house? We're gonna, we'll cook for you. We'll have a party. We'll hang out. It'll be a blast. They come into the house Martha heads to the kitchen and Jesus begins to talk. Maybe there are a few other friends in the area or something of that sort. They begin asking Jesus questions. Mary's just sitting there, absolutely enamored with, with Jesus. And yet Martha's in the kitchen and she's sitting there. And my guess is you can tell from reading the passage, her level of annoyance just continues to grow. And she's probably got the bowl out and the whisk and she's sitting there beating it and she's looking out of the other room and she gets a little louder like, and she's looking and all of a sudden there's just this look. You know what I'm talking about. And there's probably a little, ah, ah, you know, and, and she's trying to get Mary's attention. Like, can you read all the signals? I need help right here. And she's just focused on Jesus. And then there's this moment, I, I don't know how it took place, but Martha looks at Jesus and is like, Jesus, can I, I need to have a word with you, Jesus. Jesus like, yeah, Martha, what do you need? My guess is he knew exactly what was going to be said. And she said, would you tell my sister, the lazy one in that room, to get in here and help me cook you lunch? What's the real root of the problem here? What What's really going on? Who's the problem really with? If you talk to Martha, the problem's really with Mary, right? But when you see Jesus's interaction with Martha, you come to realize the problem is there with Martha. And the root of the problem is that he says she's distracted her world was centered so outside of the things around her that she was missing the thing that was right in front of her. See, Jesus has a way of centering everything in our world. When he's not the center of our world, that's when we begin to feel overwhelmed. That's when we become anxious. That's when we're stressed, frustrated, and exhausted. See, when we're talking about living a simplified life, what we're really talking about is that a simplified life isn't about having an easy life. It's actually about living an effective life. I mean, don't you want to come to the end of your life and be able to look back on all the years previously and know that it counted for something? That maybe you made a difference. It doesn't have to be a huge difference, but the world is a different place because you were in it. And that there was a positive thing that came out of that. 
So for us to really get to understand how do we do that, we have to understand how do we live and simplify our lives. And I want to give you three things to, to kind of dwell on this morning. That The first thing is this. To have a simplified life, you have to live a life that has margin. You have to have a level of margin. What is margin? Margin really is the difference between what you have and what you need. For instance, if you have $100 and you have $80 of bills that you need to pay, you have $20 of margin. Effective lives are lives that have margin in them. Margin emotionally, margin when it comes to your financial makeup, Margin in morality, morally, there's margin. And even spiritually, you have margin in your life. Well, what does this look like in your life? Let me give you some practical examples. Let's take your schedule. Margin is showing up five minutes early for an appointment so that you can walk in prepared. Financially, it means that you have enough money at the end of every month to spend in a way that it really actually is able to make a difference a way that may bring life to you or bring life to somebody else. What does it mean for us to have margin when it comes to morality? It means that you have a distance that exists between you and temptation. Instead of pushing the envelope, living on the edge, seeing how far I can actually take this before I get caught, it's having distance from falling into constant moral turmoil. When we talk about having spiritual margin, we're talking about that there's enough margin in your life that you can actually deal with spontaneous problems when they come up. And I believe that happens when we have significant time with Jesus. See, he's the one that actually brings life to us. Do you have margin in your life? Margin financially, emotionally, Morally, how about spiritually? My guess is that the area of your life that feels the most frazzled, stressful, where you feel the most overwhelmed, it may feel like it's absolutely unraveling right in front of you, is most likely the area of your life that has the least amount of margin. So how do you create margin? Here's one way you can create margin. Unplug. Unplug. It's interesting that the average adult in the United States today watches five hours of TV a day. That's 35 hours a week, 73 days a year. That's 14 years of your life. 14 years. What does that mean? It means you're creating a relationship with a box. Maybe we need to unplug a little bit. How about your phone? I know the anxiety level just like went right through the roof, right? For those the older generation, you remember a time? There was a time in which all phones had a cord. And you couldn't actually take the phone with you. And you know what? We all made it, right? Maybe the one thing that you need to do is unplug. Put the phone down. 
Maybe the next time that you actually go on a date with your spouse, you actually leave the phone in the car. Crazy idea, I know. For some of you, maybe it's when you come home from work. You need to have a place or a system of what what you do with your phone and how you do it. I learned that the hard way. I, I was always so busy and so overwhelmed trying to keep up that I got in this habit that, you know, I'd leave the office and I was on the phone, I was dealing with business and to the point I was walking in the house. And my young kids were so excited to see their dad and they just run up to me so excited to tell me about their day and all the things that happened. And I just blow them off because I was paying attention to what was most important to me at that time. And I'm so thankful that my wife came to me and said, do you realize what you're doing to your kids when you walk in the house on the phone? I, I didn't even realize because I was, became distracted with things that really didn't matter that much. And I made at that point a decision that I will never walk into my house at the end of the day on the phone. If there's something pressing, something that needs to take place, I park on the corner around the street or I stay in the driveway. And I don't open the garage door until I'm off the phone. And when I'm off the phone, I get out of the car. And the first thing I do is I walk in the house, I kiss my wife, I hug my kids, and I put the phone in the drawer. Because I want to be there. Do you have margin in your life? And sometimes the one thing that we can do to create the most margin on a day-to-day basis is simply take the time and have the courage. Because I, I get it. It's hard. And it's not normal. But it's simply to take time to unplug from the world around you. I guarantee you, if you do that, it will help you have a more sustainable life. The second thing when it comes to simplifying our life is to live a life that has purpose. It has purpose around it. I want to read you this passage out of Philippians 3.10, and I'm going to actually read it to you from the Amplified Version because I think it fills in so many gaps for us and helps us understand what the original language was really getting to in this. So go ahead and follow along with me. It's going to come up here on the screen. It says, for my determined purpose is. So in other words, why I live my life, the way that I live my life, the reason I focus on the things that I focus on is that I may know him. Talking about Jesus. He's going, that's my purpose. I want to know Jesus. That's what's most important to me. He says that I may, and I love this description, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. He goes, my purpose, it's all about Jesus. There's nothing That is more important than that. And my purpose is I just want to know him. I want to know him more deeply. I want to get to know him intimately. I want to know his value system, in other words, so that it becomes my value system. I want to know his plan for the world. I want to know his plan for my life and how I fit into it. I want to grow in my understanding of just the awe and wonder of who he is as God. Wow. 
That's purpose. What was Jesus' main goal for Martha? You know what it was? Jesus' main goal for Martha was really about that he cared more about knowing her than what she could ever do for him. He cared about getting to know her. It wasn't about what she could make in the kitchen. I mean, let's be honest. Meals weren't a difficult thing for Jesus, right? I mean, the guy can feed 5,000 people with a few fish and a couple loaves of bread. This wasn't a big deal. Jesus just wanted to get to know Martha. And you know what? Jesus wants to know you. He wants to know who you are. Why you value the things that you value. He wants to be a part of your life. It's interesting that when Jesus talks with Martha, he kind of in a way presents a choice to her. What are you going to do? You going to take time to get to know me or are you going to take time spending time in the kitchen to serve me? I think the same thing, the same kind of opportunity he presents to us. We have a choice to make. What's the purpose of our life going to be centered on? Do you understand that you have a choice? See, I meet with people all the time that have a, an incredible ability to blame everyone else for the dysfunction that exists in their life. You know, why they are where they are financially. Why they are where they are relationally. Why they are where they are professionally. It is never their issue. It is always somebody else's issue. We have a choice. We, we get a choice here. It's a little bit what Martha was doing in that moment. It was, it was, it was Mary's fault. See, we're going to hear a voice sometimes when we walk through the day. And it's going to want to almost argue with you and cause you to want to defer, blame, slander. You, you can fill in the blank. But there's a better way. There's a way in which we can live our life with purpose. And really, the best purpose that we could ever live our life is living a life purposely centered around Jesus. See, when you know him, I'm convinced you will love him. And I'm convinced that when you love him, you'll obey him. And when you obey him, you're living on mission with him. What an incredible thing that we have the opportunity to live on mission with our creator. That there's a purpose, there's a plan for why we exist. And there is nobody else in this world like you. And that he's created for you specific good works just for you. For you to do. And to do it along with him. Is that the kind of person that you're becoming? Or is your schedule getting in the way?
Is your schedule more about the things that you need to get done or more about the person that you want to become? See, if you find yourself not having enough time, then probably you're doing some things in life that you probably don't need to be doing. Are you spending your time to get to know Jesus and to become more like him? In order to do that, you actually have to have margin in your life. Let me say this another way. Are you giving time? Are you giving time to what you are supposed to be in life? Like parents. God wants you to become a parent, then it's important to be a parent. In order to be a good parent, there are certain things you just got to schedule, right? Maybe you want to have a support system that helps you relationally, helps you kind of grow in your relationship with Jesus. One of the greatest things you could do, I think, is sign up for a community group. Maybe take a Bible class. Find a place to serve. But here's the thing. It's not about just signing up. It's about showing up. And it's not just showing up when you feel like it. It's showing up week in and week out. There's a discipline to this. It has to become almost habitual to the way in which we live our lives. What, what would your schedule look like if God was actually in charge of it? Out, right? How would he rearrange your schedule? What would need to change? One of the things I, I think in order for us to truly let go, we have to begin to truly trust in who he is and what he's doing. God will always show you when it's time to move or when it's time to do something. And the great thing is we can leave the how to him. Sometimes I think we get distracted and we get so focused on the how before we even begin to do something, we never actually do it. And when we become to a place where we trust him and we trust in his way, we don't have to worry about the how because he's figured it out for us. We just have to have the courage and the faith to go, I'm with you. Help me. Help me know exactly what I'm supposed to do and how I'm to do it. It's a great question I want to leave with you today. And, and I hope that this will help steer you and help bring clarity and help you cast aside the things that kind of get in the way and keep you from being centered on, on Jesus from a day-to-day basis. It's a question I came across years ago reading a book called The Best Question Ever. And the question is simply this. In light of blank, is it wise to blank. And you fill in the blanks there. Let me kind of give you some illustrations and show you how to use this. In light of my addiction, is it wise to have internet? In light of my addiction, is it wise to hang out with this person or to hang out at this place? How about in light of my commitment to Jesus, is it wise for me to date a person that doesn't know Jesus. In light of my commitment to my three children, is it wise for me to take on another responsibility at work or at my kid's school? See, most of the time, the better choice actually isn't the normal choice. Romans 12.2, Paul says this. He's te- he, he calls us to be different than the world around us. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. 
that by testing, you may actually discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. He's saying you can actually know what the will of God is in your life. But the way and how to get there is you got to be willing to think differently than what is normal around you. Don't do everything what the world is doing. But transform your mind. And one of the greatest ways you can transform your mind is create a discipline of being in the Bible. And in doing so, it will allow you to test the things that come across your plate. And in doing so, you'll discern what God is doing. That's huge. As you approach 2017, I beg you, don't settle for normal. As a follower of Jesus, you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now living inside of you. Yes, there's still a daily battle and choices that have to be walked through, but don't settle for normal. Live for the better choice. The third way in which we can simplify our lives is when we come to understand that effective lives are actually marked by sacrifice. Don't miss this. A good life is a life marked with sacrifice. I know that in some ways it sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. Without sacrifice, good never actually happens in the spiritual realm. I mean, look at Jesus. Without the sacrifice of Jesus, there are no good things. We are dead in our sin. The penalty, it's against us. But because of Jesus' sacrifice, what happens? We have life. There is no good apart from sacrifice. If you want to live a life that is full, it's abundant, it is purposeful, you will have to live a life that is marked with sacrifice. The verse just previous to the one that we just read in Romans chapter 12, 12 verses 1, it says this. He says, I appeal to you, therefore. In other words, I beckon you, listen to this. I beg you, you got to get this by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He's saying, hey, don't live for yourself. There's something far greater here to live for. Uh, Align yourself. Be sacrificial every single day, the way that you live your life for what God is doing. And when you do that, you're actually worshiping it. You're honoring him. Some of us need some urging here because let's admit it, this isn't easy. But this is how we find life. We don't really find life until we learn to give it away. If you don't have life, you probably don't have sacrifice. See, some of you are are living someone else's plans for your life other than God's. If it's not marked with sacrifice, then our entire life is about self. And self really never produces anything long-term that's good and fruitful. I mean, nobody really says yes to doing something that's really hard, that moves heaven and earth, because it requires sacrifice, right? But simple life, it's not a controlled life. A simple life has to be a life marked with sacrifice. And and leave the how to him. 
I mean, personal sacrifice has filled me with all good things. I'm sure you felt it as well. I mean, there's many of you, you sacrifice day in and day out. You sacrifice here at North Valley. You serve. And have you ever noticed when you sacrifice and you serve and you give of yourself to somebody else, sometimes for hours and you're going, I'm just exhausted physically, but for some reason, you feel your spirits lifted. You actually leave more filled than you came in the first place. It's because I I believe sacrifice, it honors God in such a way that he works and he fills us in the midst of our sacrifice. But when you say yes to something, you're probably going to have to say no to something else. See, when you say yes to the things that are ordained by Jesus, it brings life. And the challenge is some of us, and some of you, you may be choosing the wrong yes because it's driven by personal performance needs. Some of you, actually, the most spiritual yes that you could ever say is to actually say no. It's not always the yes that is sacrificial. No can be very, very sacrificial. Jesus wants to give you life. If you want to find life, you got to be willing to give it away. And I believe that when you give it away, you'll find yourself living a life that you didn't even know it was possible. It's fun. It's full of adventure. It's filled with purpose. The gap between heaven and earth gets smaller the more that we say yes to what Jesus is doing in our lives. So I have to ask you, what is it? What is it today? What is it? The, what is Jesus asking you to do today? Is it to find margin, build margin, maybe emotionally, relationally, financially, spiritually, morally? Maybe it's to realign so you find new purpose. Maybe it's to begin to sacrifice. I believe when we center our life around Jesus, we sit at his feet, life becomes fun. Let that be your 2017. Let me pray with you. God, we thank you so much for your incredible word, your love, that you're a God that walks with us through everything. God, I pray that you'd help us all be honest and take inventory of where we're at, where we are with you, what's going on in our lives. And as we approach a new year and new opportunities and new choices, would you help us not only know what we're to do, but God, we really need the courage to be able to do what's right. And so, Lord, we turn to you asking for your help, asking for your strength, asking for your direction. May we honor you with even the smallest choices that we make. In your wonderful name, amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.